Hi, I'm Leola. I'm a sacred intimacy mentor and muse and the host of this podcast. Talk Tantra to Me introduces a playful perspective on sacred sexuality. My intention in this podcast is to integrate intimacy and spirituality, empowering you to reclaim your eroticism. It is my mission to inspire you to let go of shame, fear, and limiting beliefs to be present as your highest self in every moment. Thanks so much for tuning in. Now, let's talk Tantra. Hello, lovers, and welcome to the podcast. Before we dive into the meat and juice of this episode, I want to take a moment and express some gratitude to the internet. The internet is a really special place. (laughs) Many of us, including me, wouldn't have really discovered Tantra or sacred sexuality if it weren't for this incredible invention. And none of you would be listening to these words right now if it weren't for the gift of the internet. So I love the internet. Thank you to the internet gods. And I deeply desire to expand beyond it, to experience more real life love, community, and connection in 2023. This year, I am committed to creating more in-person opportunities than ever before, and I would be so grateful for you to join me. So I have a consistent stream of diverse upcoming events, workshops, gathering retreats, and conscious play opportunities, all of which can be found on my website, www.talktantratome.com. And then under the events tab, you can see all the juicy things that are coming up. So check that out. Can't wait to give you a big squeeze in real life. Now let's get into today's episode. Welcome to Talk Tantra to Me. It is such an honor to be holding space for this divine knowledge to make its way into your ears and lifestyle. Today, I am super excited to be continuing the conversation on how to call in, manifest your life partner. If you missed it, part one of this episode is the episode before this. And in that episode, I get really clear on what it means to call in a life partner, what kind of person that is, as well as um, how to find out what qualities you will desire to um, will be important for you as you're calling in this person. So again, um, if you're tuning into this episode, I recommend you go back and listen to that one first, but let's continue the conversation. So I left off by, you know, sharing that after you find your truth, after you get really clear on what you want, it's important not to settle, to hold the pillar, to hold the line. And then from there to be in devotion, to be in beingness of someone who already has their life partner, right? So I mentioned a little bit in the first podcast that, you know, leading up to calling in my life partner, I took about five months to really explore and to get really clear on what I wanted. And around that time, I started to feel into this fact of like, yes, I definitely have the vision of committing to someone with my for, for life. I have the vision of creating a family with someone and building a home together. And as this vision started to pulse, 
in my being, it was around um, April, which was about, um, it was about two months before I actually did the ritual to call in my partner and about three months before my partner and I started dating. And around that time, I remember I was listening to a podcast uh, uh, and it was a guy who talks a lot about intimacy and relationships and yet um, also hadn't quite found his life partner yet. And he had shared that he kind of intuitively felt that he would meet this person in quarter three of the year. And that really landed in my body. I was like, yeah, actually, uh, I feel that. I have a feeling that I will meet or start dating this person around quarter three. And um, I will know that they will be it by the end of the year. I just have this feeling. I know that it's going to happen. Um, and I remember telling my friends about it. Uh, and my friend was like, okay, yeah, good for you. Good for you. Um, I hope that happens. Like fingers crossed. And she didn't quite believe me, but I just really just felt it in my body. And guess what? I was bang on. I was bang right. So um, as quarter three began to approach, June was right around the corner. So June would be the end of quarter two of the year. And it's so funny that, you know, I say in Q1, Q2, like it's a, it's a business or something, but um, anyways, Q2 was ending. And so I knew Q3 was coming up and I was like, okay, um, if this is true for me, it's time for me to get really serious about, about what this is. And I was, I was feeling a natural end to my more poly chapter. I was having some relations kind of organically leave my life. And I was like, yeah, I, I really want that committed partner. I'm ready. I'm ready for him. I'm ready for my life partner. So I wanted to do uh, a ritual. I wanted to do some magic about, about it, uh, some manifestation work and, you know, traditionally the new moon is a really great day to manifest. The new moon is kind of like planting seeds. The new moon is when the sky is the darkest, which is kind of representative of the soil. We plant our seeds in the dark soil. So in, when it's a dark night sky, that's the best time for us um, as witches or as magical beings to plant the seeds for our desires with the universe. And so I looked at the calendar and I realized that there was going to be a new moon on June 29th, which I thought was perfect because that's my half birthday. My actual birthday is December 29th. So I was like, that's perfect because I would love to spend my birthday with my life partner. That feels really important to me. So I'm giving the universe these six months to really like line that up and water that seed so that I'm spending my birthday with my life partner. So I actually took the entire day off. I put it in my calendar weeks ahead of time. I didn't schedule any appointments. I didn't have any work to do, any calls, zero social obligations. I took it completely off because that's how important it was to me. And I wanted to show the universe how important it was to me that this intention come to fruition, how deeply I desired it. So I took that day off. And on the day that that was decided, I woke up and I kind of thought about what, how would I spend this day in devotion to my beloved? What will that look like? So I did a few things. Um, the first thing that I did was I went shopping. <laughs> 
though, I went to a little um, magical crystal store in town and I picked up a few things like a candle was one of them, a candle that had like a little incantation. Um, I remember it had Adam and Eve on the front and it was all about calling him, you know, love. And I got this tea. It was like the sacred heart tea. And I got some crystals and just a few other little things that to me represented calling in a partner, calling in love. So ah, I did that. And then I got my nails done. And to me, the concept of getting my nails done was like, I'm doing this to be beautiful for my partner. I'm doing this in devotion to him. Um, Because to me, while a lot of my beauty ritual is for me, there's also a part of me that desires to um, do it as a way of showing my partner how much I care for them, that I want to look nice for them. Right. So I got my nails done. I also went to a little boutique and I picked up a few things. I was, you know, kind of seeing if there was anything really special that represented uh, my beloved. I didn't really find anything, but I did find some other things. Um, And then I went to the grocery store and at the grocery store, I went in with the intention of, I am cooking dinner for my life partner and myself tonight. It's date night for us energetically, wherever he is out in the ether, um, calling him in with his date night by making us dinner. So I picked up some really fancy things that I wouldn't normally make for dinner just for myself, including champagne, including crab legs, including a decadent dessert. Uh, and then I went home. So I had all my materials. So at home, uh, some of the things I like, one thing I like to do whenever I manifest is ecstatic dance. I use Gabrielle Roth's five rhythms, which you can find on YouTube or Spotify or Apple music. And it's just a really great way to like move any stagnant energy in your, in your body. I do a lot of dance before I manifest because it utilizes the three tantric tools of sound, breath, and movement which are really powerful for letting go of any energy that's not serving you that might um, conflict with the high vibration that you're wanting to anchor in with the thing that you desire. So I did some ecstatic dance to clear that. Um, I did a little cacao. I made some cacao. Cacao is like a very heart opening substance. Uh, I did some journaling. So I spoke a little bit about this in part one of the podcast. I wrote down all of the things that I desire in my partnership. Um, and I also had a few other prompts in this journal, like around why, why I actually want to call in a partner, um, who do I need to become to achieve, to manifest this desire, you know, several other things. So I spent some time really journaling, getting clear on that. Uh, I spent some time building an altar as well, which is still actually here. I get to build another altar now that um, I've I've manifested him, but I kind of created a clear space um, on my shelf here in my entryway. And I put the candle that I got at the store And I put the crystals that I got at the store and I put some other little sacred objects, um, figurines, archetypes that to me represented a sacred beloved that represented my, my life partner. I also put some books on that shelf. I put on, um, uh, the Magdalene manuscript. I put on a return to love, uh, and also, um, 
the four agreements. Actually, no, it's not the four agreements. It's Miguel. I forgot his full name. Anyways, it doesn't matter. I put it on a bunch of books that represent um, the type of partnership that I want to call in. I also got this beautiful Gaia statue in Ireland, no, in Scotland, which backtrack. Uh, when I was listening to that podcast about calling in my partner in, in Q, Q3, it was actually on that trip that I purchased this Gaia statue, which is this like figure of a woman and then she's pregnant, but the the earth is the pregnant belly. So to me, that obviously represented procreating with this partner and that impact on the world that our children will have. Put a bunch of different things on the altar. That was really fun. Uh, what else did I do? I did a ritual bath. That's another way again to like kind of symbolically cleanse the body and the energy energetic body of any past partnerships of any energy that's um gonna conflict with the energy of calling in a life partner. I uh I also love the the element of working with water as this way of like you know, nourishing the seeds that I'm planting and also surrendering to the flow of life and the flow of the universe. You know, I obviously have all of these things that I want in my primary partner and I have this timeline in mind, but I get to surrender to the the universe and trust the process. I also did a little Oracle spread. So I pulled some cards that to me represented, you know, um, what I need to shift or change or lean into in order to be a match for this partner. Uh, And then I made dinner for two. As I said, I went to the grocery store. I got all those materials. I went ahead and made dinner for two. I set the table with two places. Uh, I didn't necessarily waste an entire plate of food, but I did pour two glasses of champagne. I drank one and I offered the second one to the earth. I poured it out into the earth. Uh, And then the last thing I did was sex magic, which I absolutely love. And I'm not going to go too in depth um, with on this podcast because I have an episode. It's actually episode one of this podcast, all about sex magic and how to do it. But I did that as well. So... Yeah, that's how I spent my day. And, uh, you know, another couple of things that um, I told the universe, I'm I'm not going to go into depth about what I actually wrote that I desire because that doesn't matter so much to you. You get to decide what your truth is and, and get clear on that for yourself. Um, I do do coaching around this though, as well, if you'd like, you know, um, some support with that, but I wrote down all of those things. And I also got really clear on my desired timeline. So again, I I told the universe that I'd really like to meet this person in quarter three um, or start dating this person in quarter three because I actually knew Andrew, but we didn't really know each other. Um, he had been to a couple of my events and I had a crush on him, but I didn't. I definitely didn't think that he was my life partner necessarily. Um, although there's a whole other story on that, which I feel called to share. So I will, but I'm going to finish up this, this conversation on timelines first. So I told the universe quarter three, and that I would like to know by my birthday that this was the person, like I'd want to know for sure with certainty that I was spending my life with this person, which is so beautiful because the universe totally delivered on this timeline. And there's so many different things and synchronicities that point back to that. Um, but I also told the universe that 
a that I would prefer a collapsed timeline, meaning you know, I, I like to start dating this person in the next three months, but if it can be sooner, if it can be in like a couple weeks, that would be awesome. And I'm willing to collapse that timeline and to have it sooner, even if it's messy. And it was messy <laughs> because that timeline did collapse. The universe answered. Andrew and I started dating, um, about two and a half weeks after I did that ritual. Honestly, it was like, yeah, it was about two weeks, which is pretty typical for me. When I manifest very often, if I do it with the new moon, I have my, I have that, that, that intention come to fruition by the full moon two weeks later. So that was a little interesting thing. Um, and another interesting thing that I told the universe was if it's possible to have one of those relationships where you just know where it's like that kind of love at first sight sort of thing. I'd really like to have that as well. I'd really like to just know pretty quickly. Like again, I told the universe, I'd like to know for sure by my birthday, but if it's possible to just know pretty immediately, that would be, mwah, that would be amazing. And that's what happened, uh, which I'll get to in a minute. I'm going to go a little bit deeper into our specific timeline, but to do that, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. So I'm going to go back to when Andrew and I first met. And I think that we talked about this a little bit in, uh, high vibe relating part one and part two, which is, which are the episodes, um, where I interview Andrew for the very first time about three months into our relationship. Uh, but I'll share it here as well. So Andrew and I met, um, in February, it hasn't even been a full year yet from me recording this podcast. I'm recording this podcast on February 14th, the day after Valentine's day. Um, and we actually met on February 26th of 2022. And it was at an event that I was hosting. It was like a Shabari meets Tantra event at our mutual friend Lydia's house. And I remember Andrew walked in the door and remember I had just gotten out of a relationship. I'd been about a month out of, um, my relationship with my ex. And so I was still healing from that. I wasn't calling in a life partner at the time, but Andrew walked in and I immediately, my mind just created the thought I'm going to have that man's babies, <laughs> which has never happened with anyone ever before in my life. I have definitely had the experience of like meeting someone and being like, I have a feeling I'm going to fuck them. Or I have a feeling we're going to like have a little relationship or I have a feeling that that's going to be my new best friend, but I never, ever, had the thought of I'm going to have that man's baby. So that's significant, I think. Um, but that being said, so with that, I went up to Andrew that night we met, I made sure to have a connection with him. I was flirting with him. In my opinion, I wasn't being insanely direct. Um, but you know, he kind of thought I was just being nice. Uh, he also was going through the death of his father at the time. It just wasn't the right time for either of us. And he also says that he thought that I was too good for him as well, which I think is really cute and obviously untrue because he's so amazing. Um, <laughs> but anyways, so we ended up just connecting on a surface level. And then for months, you know, I would see him maybe once every two months, he'd come to some of my events he would flirt with other women there. He'd partner with other women for exercises. And I was like, God, I just must be ugly. Um, joking, of course. But I was just like, yeah, he's just not into me. It is what it is. Um, so anyways, fast forward throughout all of that time, we had only ever connected in a um, 
in a way that was in, in where I was facilitating and he was participating. And he also, I forgot to mention, had this sort of sense, well, I can't like flirt with the facilitator, which he totally could have, um, but it's kind of sweet and respectful that he didn't and very in, in alignment with his character. But there was this sense of like knowing at first sight, as I mentioned, at least on my end, that this was someone potentially significant in my life, someone that I would want to have children with. But obviously in the coming months, we kind of weren't really in that space. And then I, then, you know, months later in June, I ended up doing this ritual. And the really cool thing was around that time, I was planning a group trip for us all to Fredericksburg and Andrew said he, he wanted to come. And I was definitely excited about him coming, but I, I wasn't taking it very seriously. In fact, um, I didn't think that it was like, oh, this is going to be our moment to connect. I actually was meant to go with a lover of mine, a lover that I'd been dating for about a month um, and someone who definitely wasn't going to be my life partner. And funny enough, um, I had actually had an experience where he violated the boundaries of our container the day before I did the ritual to call in my life partner. So he actually ended up um, canceling the trip that we had together. And we kind of decided to, uh, to, to no longer pursue relating with each other. Um, so because of that experience, uh, if that hadn't have happened, then, um, things could have turned out very differently with the timeline of Andrew and I, and maybe we could have completely missed each other, but thank God that happened. Hello, lover. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And thank you for your patience with this brief interruption as I ask for a quick favor. If this podcast resonates with you, I would love to hear it in the reviews. It means the world to me to hear your perspective and your reviews also help this podcast become more relevant in search results, which means that more people are able to find it and more people are able to benefit from the wisdom of spiritual intimacy. Thank you again. Take these couple of minutes to hit pause, write a quick review, and then let's get back to the episode. I told the universe that I wanted things to happen quick. And if it needed to happen quick, I understood that it might be a little bit messy. And it was because having someone violate your boundaries in relating is like so awful. And, you know, the guy handled it really, really poorly. Um, in my, from my experience. Um, so that was really shitty and I got to heal from that. So that was happening. And then I had another partner at the time, because again, I was a little bit solo poly in that period. Um, and that relationship also disintegrated, um, really unexpectedly. I wasn't like, oh, I'm calling my 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 life partner now. I'm going to break up with all my lovers. I was like, oh, I'm going to keep my lovers. My the life partner that I want to call in is going to be, you know, um open to open relating and all these things. I wasn't intentionally uh closing out those partners, although I'm really happy that that's what ended up happening because there was so much more space for Andrew and I because I didn't have any other distractions. So Things got really messy in those two weeks after the ritual. Things really started to fall apart in my life so that things with Andrew could fall together. Um, so what came next? Um, again, about two weeks after 
that ritual was the new moon or was the full moon. So I did the ritual on new moon. Then the full moon was two weeks later. And I was actually in LA at the time. And I went to a full moon circle that my friend Grace hosted. Grace is an astrologer and a witch. She's also on this podcast in episode, episode uh, 30. Astrology is a tool for expansion and empowerment. So I went to her little full moon circle in LA on the full moon two weeks after I did this manifestation ritual. And in the full moon ritual, I got this download that um, because all these lovers were very naturally leaving my life, I should do a, a full moon cycle or about a month of conscious celibacy, which I was very resistant to, but I talk all about that journey in episode 86 of this podcast called Conscious Celibacy. So if you're curious about that, um, check out that episode. But um, yeah, so I was actually like pretty closed intimately and erotically because I kind of got that intuitive nudge that I should shut down that part of myself for the time being. So that was full moon. And then two days later, was our group trip to Fredericksburg. Fredericksburg is a small town about two hours from Austin. And we had this friend group and Andrew was a part of it. It was about 13 of us. And it was on that trip that Andrew and I like fell in love, which again was not expected. The really interesting thing is that I had my journal with all of the qualities that I wanted in my partner that I actually took with me on that trip because I was journaling pretty regularly at that point. That was also a part of my um my ritual to call in my partner, which actually I'm going to talk a little bit more about that quickly. So another thing that I did very regularly as a way to be in devotion to my sacred beloved that was coming in was to spend every Friday, which Friday is Venus day, which is love day of the week. I would spend every Friday, you know, praying for my sacred beloved, praying for him to come into my life, praying for his well-being. I would light the candle that I got on the day of my ritual. I would drink the tea that I got on the day of my ritual. And I would journal about what was coming up for me in regards to that and just kind of spend some time in that energy as a way of being in devotion regularly to this man. So anyways, I had my journal in Fredericksburg and on that day, the very first morning of our trip, I wrote something along the lines of the one day we'll look back on this weekend and remember that that's when we fell in love. And the funny thing was, is I wasn't writing it about Andrew. I was writing it about the friend group that I was with. I was like, I'm new to Austin. I'm building this community and I'm falling in love with all these incredible, beautiful people. And like, So I was writing it about that. I wasn't writing it about my future beloved, but in fact I was, but I was just unconscious to what was actually happening that I was already in the process of falling in love with this man. And by that evening, it became very clear what was happening. Um, Basically, you know, we had a conversation around each of our visions for our futures and realized how in alignment they were and then spent the entire night, we stayed up the whole night just talking and going deep. And the really cool thing was I was doing this month of conscious celibacy. So we had no sex. We didn't even kiss that entire weekend. Um, and we just really got to know each other. So that was that. Um, and then the following week, I was in this total state of like fear and anxiety. And little did I know Andrew was as well. I was kind of like, fuck, I really like this guy, but like, I don't, I don't know if he's, like even into me. I don't know. Like 
he can't be the one. Like he didn't call me. It took him like days and days to call me. We were in a group chat together, but I was like, I'm a, he's just an asshole. Like I must've imagined all of this totally gaslighting myself on the other end of the spectrum. Andrew is thinking, fuck, I really like this girl, but I think that she's too good for me. Um, you know, he was all in his story about it. And it wasn't until our mutual friend, Lydia kind of coached him to ask me out that he did. And we had our first date and on the first date, we actually went to a play party and the play party I was supposed to go with, with a group of people, the same group of people that I went on this group trip with, but everyone kind of just pulled out of it besides Andrew, which, um, was more than a synchronicity. I think that all of our friends kind of had an idea of what was evolving. So it ended up just being Andrew and I, and Andrew asked for it to be a date. And I said, yes. And I went into it with a lot of like excitement, but also fear. Um, And I think it's also important to note another thing that I did in calling in my life partner was I knowing that I, this was happening, um, that I was ready to call my life partner. I was at a place in Austin called Casa de la Luz in their third eye meditation lounge area. And there was a flyer, um, for a conscious singles speed dating event. And I saw it. And so this happened in June. I saw it and I was like, Oh my God, that sounds so cheesy. Ugh, like only really desperate people would go to like a singles mixer, a speed dating event. And I caught myself in that thought and I was like, oh my God, I am being so judgmental and I need to do this because um, I'm completely bypassing the part of myself that deeply desires partnership and is devoted to finding it. These people aren't desperate to finding their life partner. They are devoted to finding their life partner so much so that they will put themselves in an uncomfortable position. They'll take the risk of stepping into a room where they know no one to meet that person. And that is the type of room I want to be in. So um, I signed up for it. And the funny thing was, is it was actually on the same day as the play party as Andrew and I's first date, but it was just a little bit earlier in the day. So I went to that event still and, you know, we do this speed dating and it was great because they had us take a moment to put together a 45 second spiel on what we're looking for in a partner. And then we went around the room and said it to every single person, every man, all the women said it to every man in the room. Ah, And that was fucking cool because it was like, again, sending this really strong signal to the universe. I'm ready. I'm committed. I'm willing. I'm willing. I'm willing to be vulnerable. I'm willing to take this risk. And, um, yeah. And then after that, we did an NLP hypnosis session. Um, the practitioners led us through this hypnosis. It was all about calling in this partner and, you know, zooming us forward to a date in the future where we were with our partner and knew that, that it was our life partner. And so for a lot of people, they would maybe envision their wedding day or envision the birth of their first child or envision a proposal or anything. And for me, what very naturally came up was my birthday, six months in the future. And I saw myself in South Africa. I'm getting chills just saying this. I saw myself in South Africa. I felt the presence of a man beside me. And I felt this like overwhelming, overflowing love and deep knowing that this was my person. Spoiler alert, 
Andrew and I got engaged on my birthday trip in South Africa six months later. There you go. So um, I finished that experience. I didn't really meet anyone that I was super excited to connect with at the dating event, although there were some cool people. I just knew it was, I just didn't feel the full yes in my body. So then I went later to meet Andrew for our date. We go to this play party. There were so many beautiful things that were synchronistic that it's hard to like, I could talk about this topic for forever, but I kind of need to begin wrapping things up. So I'll just kind of hit the highlight reel. But that first night of that night of our first date, one of the most incredible things I've ever seen in the night sky happened. There was this fireball that blew through the sky. It wasn't a shooting star. It was like huge to the degree that I thought that there might be a meteor hitting earth and we might all be dead in the next 30 seconds. Um, but that felt significant to me because I've had the stars, I've had the night sky communicate to me at several other very significant um, turns in my spiritual journey, including during a Kundalini awakening and um, during a, a medicine ceremony in which I decided to pursue Tantra as my life purpose. So that felt significant to me. Um, then later we went back to my place and we had our first kiss and it was the best first kiss I've ever had. Not hyperbole, not hyperbole. And then we went and we laid down in my bed and Andrew asked me what I was looking for in a partner or like what, what I was looking for in our potential relationship. And I fucking loved that he asked this because normally it was me in relationships that was taking the initiative to ask these questions. And a lot of people don't really think about it. Um, until they're asked. And then they're like, huh, good question. You know, but Andrew was very clear. He knew exactly what he wanted. And I was very clear and I knew exactly what I wanted. And I told him that I was like, I actually, I have it all written down. And he was like, really me too. And that led to him getting out his phone and reading out the qualities that he had written down for his, his perfect partner list, his perfect life partner list. And I took out my journal and I read him all of my qualities. And we had this holy shit moment where we realized, oh my God, like these are actually like, we are like, I'm exactly what he wrote down. And he was exactly what I wrote down and so much more, which is amazing. So yeah, that was our first date. And, um, that I remember after I read my perfect partner list, I also talked a little bit about the freedom that I desire in relationship and how I desire to have a relationship that isn't necessarily defined by the, uh, by the relationship structure. So, you know, again, I thought really long and hard before manifesting my partner about what kind of relationship I wanted. And I knew I craved this deep commitment. I wanted a partner that I could make big decisions with and build a family and buy a home with. But I also knew I wanted the freedom and openness to connect intimately with other unique souls you know, that spirit brings into my life without it being wrong or bad. I wanted a partner that saw the value in each of us connecting outside of our relationship while also being you know, super secure in our connection and super secure in the possibility of our relational structure changing with each season of life, you know, knowing that there might be seasons of monogamy and there might be seasons of polyamory, but it won't, that won't be the definition of our relationship. Um, our relationship will be defined, but, you know, based on where we're at in any given moment, we will constantly be in communication about what structure will nurture us, um, and nurture the highest capacity for growth in our co-creation. 
So I said all of that. And Andrew was like, oh my God, really? I didn't even know that was possible. That's amazing. I want that. I'm going to marry you. He literally said the words, I'm going to marry you on our first date. And I was like, fuck yes. All right, let's do this. So the next day, we I think I sent him engagement rings and he ended up getting me an engagement ring from the uh from the from the jewelry designer that I had sent him um that week or that day and really the rest is history so really to reiterate the main points of like to me what's necessary to call in your primary partner the first piece is just really getting clear on like what do you actually want find your truth get clear on your vision and then the next piece is you know, holding a pillar for that, not settling, um, letting go of anything in your life that's not in alignment with that. And then becoming the type of person acting as if you've already, you already are in partnership with your sacred beloved and being in devotion to your sacred beloved before they even come in. And I like to do that by creating different rituals as well. So, Those are the things that I recommend for calling in your life partner. Again, this is something that I loved creating for myself and have coached individuals on creating for themselves. And if you're interested in learning more about that, I would love, love, love to support you one-on-one. And you can go to my website and look at all of my different offerings that may support you in that way. And I'm happy to have a quick call or exchange some messages in regards to what that might look like for you. Um... There's a whole other conversation on, you know, what Andrew and I have done to set the relationship up for success so that we could, you know, really maximize this sense of just knowing that we were all in for each other, but I'll save that for future episodes. So just want to say thank you again for tuning in. Thank you for opening yourself up to the idea of intimacy and high vibe relating and sacred sexuality with so much gratitude and love. Have a sexy and spiritual day and I'll catch you next week on Talk Tantra to me. Ta-ta.